Hey, shitheads, that's right, that's what we're calling you now. Many of you have asked how to support the show, and we're excited to announce that we're now on Patreon. We have multiple tiers that give you access to longer director's cuts, our Discord community, DVD extras, bad movie night suggestions, a glimpse into Clint's closet, if you're into that kind of thing, and whatever other random shit we come up with. Check out the show notes for the link to Patreon if you want to join us. See you there! Making stuff is hard, especially in the entertainment world, where big egos, bigger budgets, and just plain bad luck can make things go horribly wrong. And we're going behind the scenes of these disastrous, never-ending, and often dangerous productions to find out why it was a shit show. Hello, friends. This is It Was a Shit Show. I'm Ian. I'm joined by a jury of my peers, Clint. Hello. And Ray. Hello. And without further ado, I present Exhibit A. (gasps) (laughs) The first discovery was made in the spring of 1990. From a mine in South America came a piece of amber containing the fossilized remains of a prehistoric mosquito, one of many that had fed upon the blood of dinosaurs. From the DNA in that blood, science was able to recreate those giants. And for the first time, man and dinosaur shared the earth. It happened at a place called Jurassic Park. This summer, director Steven Spielberg will take you there. Damn. (laughs) A few episodes ago, we discussed removed actors from films. And one of those was Ana de Armas not being in the film yesterday. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though she was in the trailer. Um, As I mentioned at the time, two jabronis who rented the film on Amazon Prime uh, were suing Universal for false advertising. Uh, Well, that lawsuit went far beyond what anyone thought possible. During the California trial, Universal argued that movie trailers have a long history of including footage not in a final film. Right. And sometimes they also shoot things just for trailers, giving the example in court of that Jurassic Park teaser we just watched. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm. I've seen that movie, though. It's called Billy and the Clonosaurus. (laughs) Tammy and the (laughs) T-Rex. Tammy and the T-Rex. They also argued that siding with the plaintiffs would open the door for any lawsuit when a film doesn't measure up to audiences' expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. I completely agree with. Yeah. Right? The judge ruled in favor of the fools, uh, who both tragically lost $3.99 each. That's crazy, Um, though. That's a crazy judgment. Right? I agree. Uh, The case will now proceed to discovery and a motion for class certification. I don't know what that means. I'm not like a a class action lawsuit. Like more people could basically get in on claiming money if they too felt robbed by the lack of Ana de Armas. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which look, we all do. I'm not (laughs) saying. Let's get in on this. She's not great. I feel feel like like with every movie, if Ana de Armas isn't in this movie, I feel like it's lacking. Yeah. Doesn't You're matter what like, the movie is. Even if she suing. even if she's not like cast in it and there was never an, even announced that she was going to be in a movie. I'm like, yeah, where's yeah. Ana de Armas? You're like, where is she? Oh, oh, she's in here. Oh, I didn't know Ana de Armas was going to be in here. This <laughs> yeah. is much better. 
But yeah, this is this is crazy and interesting. And I mean, I don't want to get into like a slippery slope argument, but I'm going to say it's a slippery slope. I, I agree. And that was their whole point. Old, yeah. Universal. Old people watching like The Price is Right in the morning are now going to get commercials <laughs> instead of like, have, have, were you duped by yeah. the yesterday trailer? Yeah. <laughs> are you or someone you know or loved uh, been affected by the Ana de Armas lack? In the lack tra- of Ana Sorry. de Armas in your life? Was the lawyer for those two guys Saul Goodman? <laughs> Just yeah. need to ask that question. Probably. Feels like some bullshit he'd get into. And he has Ana de Armas yeah. in, the, in the courtroom in with the him. Court. Well, so I thought, why not explore some trailers that actively misled or lied about the actual film itself. So, to be clear, bad movies with good trailers are not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The responsibility of a trailer is to make you want to see a movie. So if the trailer was good, but the movie was bad, that is the fault of the movie, not the trailer editor. Oh yeah, the, tra- <laughs> the Last Jedi. <laughs> the trailer did its job in that it's, case. I completely, Last Jedi trailer's great. Um, that editor did their job. Mm-hmm. Um, What they shouldn't be doing is outright lying to you about what kind of movie you are seeing. Yes. Right. Or, you know, putting TIE fighters in shots where there aren't (laughs) TIE fighters in the movie. So, also, (laughs) I have a list of- The trailer, the coked out trailer boys. These coked out trailer trailer boroughs are doing their job. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I have a list of trailers that spoil the movie. Um, That can be an episode for another time that maybe we'll get to. Mm. Uh, But So, we're going to skip those. Uh, lastly, we are also not talking about teaser trailers made exclusively to be trailers. So like the Jurassic Park teaser that we just watched or right. what um, Pixar turned into an art form. Remember like Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, Ratatouille, where they just put those little like they were like shorts. Yeah. yeah. It was just teasing what the film is going to be. Or like in a, in in Toy Story for Toy Story 4 where they're like all like going like in a circle holding hands. And yeah. I remember what song was playing. And then you see Forky and it's like, oh, what's going on? Like, that's obviously not. Yeah, that was something exactly. made specific for yeah. a teaser. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like um, the, one of my favorites was always Sully and Mike busting through a closet door. And it's just a single shot sequence. Yeah. Or Mr. Incredible spending all that time trying to get his suit on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think not for, in the movie. I think it's probably more common and makes more sense for animation because it takes so long to make an animated movie and you have to start building hype for it mm-hmm. early on. But like there's not usually a lot of finished shots or sequences well, I mean, that you can put in a trailer. So like it makes sense to just go, okay, we need to just tease people and kind of get them excited about this movie. We're just going to make like a little two minute an- like animated short to get people excited about well, this. Well, I would argue that that makes it even more difficult because then they have to animate a whole other thing. Whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, <gasps> but y- you anyway. know, if you get like a different separate team of animators yes. on it or something. Yeah. The so tra- the trailer team. Yeah. Yes. Let's not those those aren't what we're going to be talking about. So today, let's talk misleading trailers. First off, I want to talk about trailers that had deleted images from the movie. Like Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue oh, One. Well, I mean, the tie fighter shot, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We just talked about that perfect example. Um as we talked about it, it it wasn't necessarily misleading, but it was part of a trend of including trailer exclusive shots. And I want to start with this shot from 2010's Predators. Okay, that's not in the movie. (laughs) 
That, so, that implies there are upwards of 10 predators. <laughs> yeah, like 15, 20 of them. Like, and from holy shit. What I recall, they had a lot of, to, to deal with, right? So. Oh my God, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, am I. What's happening? Why? I may not be able to do a New Zealand accent, <laughs> but I could fucking do the predator. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Well, because you can't. Because oh, he was doing it so us. quietly. <laughs> and I have headphones on, so I just heard it like this little quiet predator in my ear. And I was like, the <laughs> fuck is happening? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so scary. Um, okay. <laughs> so producer Robert Rodriguez said that they deliberately shot that scene to crystallize the idea of what the film would be. This is kind of like what we were talking about, like how you just you want one shot in the trailer to be like, this is what this this is what this is going to be about. Right. right. Um, this is Robert Rodriguez as to why you don't want people to always know. A lot of my movies have trailer shots that I shoot just for the trailer so that people haven't seen the movie already, but they get the feeling of what it's supposed to represent. So mm. so he says it's a good twist for viewers expecting one thing and then another happening. I would argue that particular shot gives you the the lesser version because in the actual thing he has like three lasers on him, and uh, right. and so for for the trailer they shot fifteen. It's like wait, fifteen is way cooler than yeah. three. Yeah. So does so, one predator have fifteen predator lasers, yeah, or are there fifteen really individual predators? So so it's to me it just seems kind of like yeah I understand that idea, but it also kind of is a little misleading in that sense. Um, so there are other examples. Force Awakens had uh, a cloaked Kylo Ren pulling out his crossguard lightsaber. I was just going to mention that one. Yeah. And he, had, he was hooded. Yeah. So you had no idea who that character was. Yeah. And so nobody knew what that, who that character was going to turn out to be, Ben Solo. Um, or that it was even... Uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. We didn't know that was Adam Driver standing in that scene. So that was just a... Again, something they shot just for the trailer. Quantum of Solace did one where uh, Bond is walking around in the tuxedo in the desert. That never happens in the movie, but that was just kind of like an idea that just kind of Bond in the desert. Um, mm. And then Marvel <laughs> and the MCU became the king of faking moments in trailers, so not to ruin plot points. Um, mm. They make it look like when Ant-Man runs into Falcon in the trailer, they edit it to look like the the bad guy, Yellow Jacket. Um Spider-Man Homecoming has a shot of Iron Man and Spider-Man flying together. That's not in the movie. Right. Uh, Thor Ragnarok uh, shows Thor with two glowing eyes when he actually only had one eye for that scene. Mm. Right. Um, oh, yeah, because they didn't want to ruin that he points. had yeah, yes. lost an eye. Uh, Sp Spider-Man Far From Home shows uh, Spider-Man in his original Stark suit, not his Iron Spider suit to kind of... So they were hiding that secret a little right. bit. Um, and then Infinity War, Avengers has that Hulk running with the the Avengers because they the didn't want to let you know that there's a whole plot in there about how Hulk wouldn't come out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, Hulk and then they also. Dysfunction. <laughs> um, they're also like uh, Thanos' stones. Are, oh yeah! Uh, like they they take out some of the stones in in the Infinity Gauntlet, so you don't know how much he's collected. Yeah. Right, throughout right, the movie. right. I mean, that kind of stuff makes sense to me though, because otherwise, yeah. then you get those videos of like nerds dissecting trailers on YouTube, where they're just like, "Let's look at every single shot in this trailer <laughs> painstakingly for Easter eggs," and, and then. Just like, oh. Why is Anna de Armas not in the Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah. <laughs> I love how you make fun of those those videos because I watch those. Oh, I watch those <laughs> too. No, I know. I mean, I watch those too. <laughs> Let's but... break down this video. Yeah, this trailer. Yeah. 
Um, outside of Marvel, I do believe this idea has kind of died out. And with this lawsuit, I'm assuming this is going to get worse. So stupid. It's uh, yeah. so stupid. Yeah, yeah like what are trailers going to be now? I, I know. Oh, scary. So. Um, this movie may or may not feature <laughs> Ana de Armas. There's like a like a pharmaceutical ad. Like, At the end. They're like, this video may or may not contain Ana de Armas. <laughs> it's just like there's like fine fucking print at the end. We can neither confirm nor deny the existence of Ana de Armas. <laughs> if you feel emotional distress from the lack of Ana de Armas, please contact your doctor immediately. <laughs> also, if you want to hire me to do those, I'm available. That was quick. I was like, I was, like, I was really thinking good. about, I was thinking to myself, everybody was like, should I attempt that? No, it's going to be too hard. And then I, got was, that was, I got you. That was really good. So, <laughs> but can you predator? Yeah. I cannot. <laughs> See, this is why oh, now we're you're even. This is why we're a good team. It's very true. We're a good team. <laughs> to transition us to actual misleading trailers. Um, I'm going to show you some clips or show you the trailers. I edited them down to make them shorter. So it's mm -hmm. not going to be we're watching trailers all day. And let's also give these trailers a verdict of guilty or not guilty. Bum, bum. All right. Okay. Hi. That's actually my scene. You're kidding. You're not kidding. So what are the odds, huh? I know. You're not stalking me, are you? No. <laughs> So what do you do? Oh my God. Lisa. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> okay, so there's two levels to this. <laughs> Awesome bait and switch trailer, yeah. like so, like so good. I love that. I was, I was just gonna say, I don't, I don't. Okay, so here's my verdict. I don't think that's misleading because it tells you by the end what the movie is. It does the horror flip at the end, and it's like from Wes Craven, and no one is like, oh, Wes Craven normally does rom coms. That's weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. the fact that they're just like, <laughs> like, look at these two like attractive strangers meeting in an airport, and you think it's a rom com, and then the switches at the end. Like yeah. if that switch had didn't happen, and then you went to the movie, and you're like. The yes. fuck? This yes. is a horror movie? This, That's misleading. But this is a fun bait and switch, like you yes. said. Perfect yeah. trailer. Right. I, I I think until second, what we're gonna talk about. But yes, I agree. It is such a good bait and switch of like, oh, I'm gonna this is an interesting. Oh, what? It's a totally different kind of movie. That's great. Yeah. The problem is you have <laughs> Wes Craven right after a zoom in on his red eye. He's not a demon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. But you got me thinking about like, what if, what would a movie title of a Russ Craven rom-com be? And I was like, mm. and I was like, uh, Dreamboat on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> it's Johnny Depp's first film and he's just super attractive and he's living on Elm Street and all the girls want him. He's Dreamboat on Elm Street. That's yeah, the Russ Craven rom-com. I love that. Oh my God. But yeah, you think of Red Eye, like when they yeah, show, when they it's show just, Yeah, it's, it's a Red Eye plane. Yeah. It's like, a metaphor. It's, Ian. Yeah. But it's the trailer metaphor. does make it seem like, oh, she's on the plane with a demon. With a demon, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. and it, it, I he's didn't not. Take he's it. just a. I mean, it's like, look, it's kind of cheesy, but like, I didn't take it literally. Yeah, you know but I mean? I'm you. You may not be that person. I gotcha. That that found it. That... You mean an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody out there who's watched Red Eyes. Like, hey. oh. oh, I thought he was a demon. So guilty, not guilty. Uh, I, uh, for me, it's a hung jury. <laughs> 
I'm going to say not guilty because I, I think it tells you what the movie is by the end of the trailer. I agree. I agree. All right. It is odd that they put in that red eye sequence, that part yeah. where Killian Murphy is like, oh, that's weird. Okay, next one. Ray, you're about the worst tourist in the whole world. If I'd grown up on a farm and was retarded, Bruges might impress me, but I didn't, so it doesn't. Shame my girlfriend. She's a prostitute. Didn't know there were any prostitutes in Bruges. Just have to look in the right places. Brothels are good. In Bruges. I love this movie so much. God damn. Not a crazy comedy. No, they no. make it seem like it's a, 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 what's his name? Like Snatch. Yeah. 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 Like a um, Guy, Guy, Ritchie. Guy Ritchie film. Guy, yeah, yeah. Felt, yeah, that trailer felt very Guy Ritchie. Surprise, it's Martin McDonough. Yeah, and it's <laughs> very serious. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are very few comedic stuff in there. The, like, the, the comedic stuff is the trailer. It's in the trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because it then, is very serious and very sad at points. I remember seeing this trailer and thinking it was going to be a Guy Ritchie. I remember seeing it with mm-hmm. that in mind. You say that you really love this movie. The trailer led me on so much that, like, I would watch it, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm Bruce. I'm like, eh. Oh, like it soured your whole thing. It soured, yeah, because I was going in expecting to see Snatch or Lock, Stock, mm-hmm. and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, then there's there's definitely something to say about that kind of yeah giving someone an expectation because you know it's like when me and January are just kind of sitting around like w- w- let's watch a movie. I'm not in the mood for a sad movie. Let's watch a fun movie, right? right. And so when you go into when you go into see a f- film, perhaps you're set for that mood. And and if it's not that, you do feel kind of like you feel well, cheated. Yeah. And then maybe you don't like it, which is a disservice to the movie, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's interesting because I think a misconception is that a lot of people think that the filmmakers or the editor of the actual movie also cut the trailer. But it's really it's an entirely different team of people who do that. It's like, yeah, whoever depending, is, depending on who it is. That's yes. yeah, that's true. So like usually, you know, big movies will outsource that kind of stuff to a trailer house and those people that's literally all they do is just cut trailers and the marketing team are the people who are like okay like we're positioning this movie to sell it and so like if they're trying if they're like oh this type of thing is really hot right now so we're gonna like push the marketing in this direction we're gonna focus on the comedy and we're gonna do this like the filmmakers might be like well what the fuck that's not the movie like that's not the whole you know and so like that's where you can kind of get that mismatch is when like someone's trying to market it in a different way than what the movie actually is, but like it's also smart marketing because that's a lot more sellable, yes. <laughs> a lot more yes. marketable than mm-hmm. what In Bruges actually is, which is a very dark comedy. Yeah, so that's why I like horror movies. Like you, you know what Just you're gonna get. You're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. no, no matter no matter what the trailer is gonna look like, like you yeah. know, like you know, someone's gonna there's gonna be blood. People are gonna die. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what you just said Mm -hmm. is perfect. Remember that for our last one. Ooh, it's remembered. Okay. Next one. Aha! Ryder! Enjoy prison. I'll miss the sound of your laughter. (sighs) Ah. Alone at last. All right, listen, I didn't want to have to do this, but you leave me no choice. Here comes the smolder. Tangled. Who is the main character? Definitely not Flynn Rider. (laughs) Okay, let me guess. Let me guess. They were trying to appeal 
to male audience. Oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, and that's part of the, also the reason why they called it tangled and not mm-hmm. Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Exactly. Yeah. So, I would argue that they're both kind of main characters in it. Yeah. But the trailer for Tangled absolutely makes it seem like that it's Flynn Rider's story. story. It's all from his perspective, yeah. and he just happens to run into her. No, like the movie starts with her. It's from her perspective. <laughs> yeah. And he shows up <laughs> yeah. in yeah. her tower <laughs> yeah. versus like going through his whole life and then him arriving at the tower. Yes. Yeah. So I will um, say this is, yeah, this is guilty. Okay. So following the <laughs> uh, relatively weak box office of The Princess and the Frog, mm. Ed Catmull who recently became the head of Walt Disney Animation, concluded that just having princess in the title made it exclusive rather than inclusive, Hmm. a.k.a. boys wouldn't want to see it. Um, So they took a note out of Pixar's book of plot ideas for the titles. So like Toy Story or Monsters, Inc., A Bug's Life, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And changed this film's title from Rapunzel too tangled. Mm. Um, this could be its own episode, but we're just going to focus on the trailer. Uh, Ray, this is Ed Catmull talking about that decision. We did not want to be put in a box. Some people might assume it's a fairy tale for girls when it's not. We make movies to be appreciated and loved by everybody. I really like Tangled. Yeah. Yeah. Tangled is good. Movie. That's a fun movie. Yeah. So whether you agree with this change of changing it for Rapunzel or t- to Tangled, it worked. Mm-hmm. Tangled was their first true blockbuster in ten years. I mean, wow. I would have gone to see it anyway, just because I love. Yeah, <laughs> I watch I watch Disney animated features. Yes. all the time yes. anyway. But it's just like that tactic did yeah. work, work for them. Yeah, right, right. whether or not this tr- particular trailer was what did it, but maybe just calling it Tangled, which is also kind of funny uh, now that I'm thinking about January's niece, who was like. Like she calls, tangled. she calls Rapunzel tangled, <laughs> princess tangled. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think like I get it. I agree with their strategy there because even though like, I don't know, because a lot of that is so is so couched in in like very traditional gender roles of like boys don't like princesses or pink things mm-hmm. and girls quite can't possibly like male heroes. Yeah. It's like I think kids don't really care that much, actually. They don't. Like younger kids. My kids Hmm. do not. Yeah. But, and so like, it feels very like weird and kind of antiquated from a like traditional gender role perspective. But I also get that it's like, well, yeah, let's, let's make it like the language more gender neutral and like have two heroes that like one that can appeal to boys and one that can appeal to girls or whatever. Like, I totally agree with that. But the trailer is misleading because it makes it seem like it is a movie about him when it's a movie about mostly her. Yes. So, like, I feel like they still could have cut that in a way that was, like, more yes. truly representative of what the movie is. Yes. He's fearless. She's trapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, a yeah, dichotomy kind of thing. That's weird. Like, yeah, in, in a way, it kind of almost makes it, like, worse because now it's, like, very male-focused. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, okay, listen. Like, she's an equally, like, interesting character in this movie. Yeah. To be fair, this was, like, their teaser not i don't know if it was a teaser but it was like the first trailer so mm. you know they there's always like multiple later trailers. on yeah. they made one yeah. but more. that particular one is in this sense egregious yeah guilty not guilty i'm gonna say guilty i'll say guilty okay guilty uh which leads us to our next one now we just have to survive this blizzard that's no blizzard Sorcery. that's my sister that would have been nice to know heads up <gasps> <gasps> 
You're melting. Some people are worth melting for. You're just maybe not right this second. <laughs> Come on, buddy, faster! No! Frozen. That's kind of worse. Who is missing in that trailer? Like the the main star <laughs> of yeah. the show, who there it's is, all about. Like Elsa's not even. I mean, I w- became aware of that problem, like in the trailer, and I was, I'm like, really, they're gonna go this whole trailer without even mentioning Elsa? <laughs> and then at the end, it's like, that's my sister. No <laughs> lines. Yeah. A couple shots of her. Yeah. But it's also slightly. I guess not like offensive, but stupid that they're tr- they're 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 trying to make it a female empowerment thing by being like, who's going to save the day? The nice guy, the ice guy or no guy. And it's like so kind of highlighting that like Anna is like a stronger like female mm-hmm. character. But that whole, but that still makes it about romance, like yes. a male female romance. And that movie is about sisters. It's yes. about family. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> you can, That's you can so tell how dumb. frustrated you're getting about, yeah. about that. Well, well with, each, with each one, yeah, because like, who will save the day? The ice guy, the nice guy, the snowman, no man. No man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it, I, yeah, you're right. I agree. Like, they're, they, they were trying to do something right good and what they probably thought was empowering, but at the same time, by layering it the way that they did, just yeah. still demeaned. The whole point of the story, right? They're try. It's like they're trying to get away from the standard fairy tale romance that they had. That was every single movie they made in the '90s, which was about a prince and a princess falling in love, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "We're trying to get away from that," but all of our trailers are going to highlight that, even though that's not yeah. the point of the yeah, movie, right? That there was possibly a love triangle there, yeah. When yeah, it's when you see the movie, it's all about which I mean, I mean there, that's there part is, of it. Yes. There is, and there is their adventure. Yeah, but the whole emotional core of it is, is the, the sisters. sisters. Yeah. yeah. Again, Frozen can be in its own episode. Um, it, it was also originally titled The Snow Queen. Queen. Yep. So, <laughs> Frozen was without a doubt a cultural milestone. So whatever they yeah. did, it worked. Yeah. I, I guess. So speaking of a missing female lead. The German will be sickened by us. The German will talk about us. And the German will fear us. Nazi ain't got no humanity. They need to be destroyed. Each and every man under my command owes me 100 Nazi scalps. And I want my scalps. Glorious bastards. First of all, they spelled bastards wrong. <laughs> That's her first problem. So I, expect, I remember. I expect proper spelling and grammar when I see a movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> so this one uh, I had to include because this one did crop up a lot mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Um, because, and I we do have a history of this because I remember kind of a, a little bit excited for it. I don't have the same hatred for Quentin Tarantino oh, get ready, th- then everybody. that I do now. Um, <laughs> let's let's uh, si- side that for a while. Um, maybe another day. But um, I, I went I went kind of was kind of like, oh, this would be kind of like a fun war film by Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jenny Ray was like, oh, it's just going to be a stupid movie about them running around killing Nazis. Uh, 
one quick side note, that part where the guy's running around with the with that big machine gun running right. down the hallway. Not in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and January was like, I don't want to see this. And then- Oh, he had the- to drag me like kicking and screaming <laughs> to yeah, this yeah, movie. Yes. And so we see the movie. I don't like- Inglorious Bastards. I think it's slow. I think it's plotting. I think it's Quentin Tarantino at his worst when he he just like, oh, I'm just going to write the shit out of this scene and no editor is going to be come close to this. <laughs> and I'm just going to make the opening scene 20 minutes and um, yeah, I'm such a good writer. Fuck yeah. But that trailer <laughs> is one third of that movie. Yes. Yeah. Like, and it's the bad one third of that movie, by the way. <laughs> Can I just say that? So what you're about what you're about to reveal is that you like you wanted to see the movie that was in that trailer. Yes. I did not want to see the movie that was in that trailer. I saw the actual movie and I liked the Shoshana half of the movie. Yes. The female protagonist that is not in that trailer, that's the good part of Inglorious Bastards to me. Yes. And yeah, you, yeah, you really like that part yes. because it is the most human of it yeah it's uh, the, like Christoph Waltz is amazing and that actress who plays Shoshana and I, I'm sorry I don't know her name she is fantastic and her revenge story is so much more powerful than anything any of the bastards do yeah other and the, the silly scene, antics that they get up and to. the really intense scene where they're playing cards in that bar and then what's his face reveals that he's not European because he does the three the wrong way. Like, I like that scene. Oh, and no. so you hated that scene because you're just like, it's so slow. No, no, no. I don't like that scene because it set up a bunch of characters they for no reason. Like, they're like, okay, this is our big plan. <laughs> oh, then now they're dead. Uh, well, next thing. It was just because yeah. Quentin Tarantino wanted a... a yeah, let me write some more shit. Yeah, like, but I, but it ugh, was but like that him. scene was really. But to me, <laughs> to me, that's I don't know. That scene was really. That, yeah. that scene was good, and I thought it was interesting. But, but and like, all that's of that, the, the, all that, of the stuff with Michael Fassbender and um, yeah, uh, Diane Kruger, yeah. like also not in the trailer. Yeah, mm. like right. So completely guilty. That trailer is completely guilty. I agree. I agree. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. No, so we now need to talk we're going to no, Tarantino okay. more. Now we're going to go to what um were listed as the most misleading trailers. All right. Oh my goodness gracious. Hey, wait, let's all be cool. Then you really stepped in it this time. <laughs> Disney's Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs. Oh, boy. When okay. was that movie made? 2002. That is way too late to have a trailer like that, where they're, <laughs> where it's the trailer voice coming in. I feel like trailer <laughs> art had evolved past that at that point. <laughs> at that point. Apparently not. Okay, we don't need to spend too much on this. Um, it's about Cuba Gooding Jr. inheriting an Alaskan sled dog team. Okay, so um, most of that trailer is is... Almost all of it is entirely accurate to the film itself. Um, no wonder I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Except so, dogs cannot wink okay. on so command that like that. So that is actually in the movie. Okay. The dogs actually do make little smirks and little stuff like that. Little facial expressions. Um, and the talking scene yeah. is what, what a lot of people were really mad about because okay. it was misleading that they were like, oh, the dogs are going to be talking throughout the film. They thought it was like a look who's talking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Uh, look mm. who's talking now. Look who's talking, whatever. Oh. Whatever, the third anyway, one? The third one. Anyway, so, uh, so the, the, but people went to the kind of thinking that the dogs were going to talk the whole time. Yeah. That is a dream sequence. Oh. Oh. And so none of that actually, like, the, the dogs don't talk throughout I, the rest of the movie. I don't but, understand the world. People who come from a world where they're like, 
oh, I'm mad I didn't see this more of this talking dog <laughs> bullshit. Like, who are you? Yeah, well, I mean, who, and also, you have who's, kids. Well, and also, who's going to be mad that even though it's in the trailer and it has to be a dream sequence, who's going to be mad that it, that it was more or less than that? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're the one with kids. What uh, going into it, kids probably were just super excited. I mean, they were. They were they were excited to see talking dogs, mm. and that's not what happened. Yeah, that's, because that's cause, true. Because if you if you take this trailer and and you boil it down to the thirty second TV spots that are on Nickelodeon or whatever, right, 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 and, right, uh, right, right, right. Those are probably that was probably a big focus on those. Ah, my kids are smarter than most. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all of you, rest of your that's, kids. That's an- <laughs> That's a whole different layer, though. That's a whole different layer of expectations and being mad is like being mad on behalf of your kids. Because like if if your kid's just like, I want to see a talking dog movie, daddy. And then you like take him to theater and they're like, I'm bored. This is boring. And then you're just like, fuck, now I got to deal with this bored kid in a movie theater. (laughs) So, you know, I get it. Okay. So, again, we don't need to spend too much time on it, but it directly feeds into this film that was made a year later. Kangaroo Jack. Love the jacket, Charlie. Nice. I said a hip hop. The hippie, the hippie to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang bang. Boogie set up. Jump. This is great. Directed by David McNally. I Jackie Legs. And I'd like to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Kangaroo Jack, which you guys, uh, this is uh, one of our main shit shows for the day. uh, And you're welcome. I didn't make you watch it. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I would have watched it. When did that come out? 2003. Okay. Um, written by Scott Rosenberg, who did Con Air, and oh my Steve God. Bing, who was on, his only film. Uh, originally titled Down Under, mm-hmm. it was meant to be a PG-13 mob comedy where two buddies chasing down a kangaroo who they accidentally hit with their car mm-hmm. and decide that while the lifeless kangaroo is on the ground, choose to put their jacket on it and their sunglasses and take pictures of this dead kangaroo. Uh. And then the kangaroo wakes up and mm. runs off with the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clint, this is Jerry O'Connell about the original script. <laughs> it started off as a pretty dark spec script about two shitty mafiosos who have to go to the outback. A lot of cursing, a lot of sex. It was really funny. So and then Disney this is, got a hold this of is it. how they filmed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, Jerry Bruckheimer buys the script. Um, and this is what Bruckheimer said, why he, why he wanted to produce this film. It was interesting, clever. And I hadn't seen a film with a kangaroo in years. <laughs> Does he mean ever? Does he mean he hasn't seen a film starring a kangaroo ever? I know, right? Because I, I can't, can't fucking of... name another one. <laughs> Does does Crocodile Dundee have any croc uh, uh, any no. kangaroos in it at all? No, it's like the ox no, it's and the crocodiles. crocodiles. <laughs> it's not kangaroo Dundee. <laughs> yeah, that's the, maybe he got confused. So Disney passed on the project because it was too raunchy. Yeah. Um, so Brookheimer took it to Castle Rock slash Warner Brothers. Um, a murderer's row of screenwriters uh, then worked on it, um, including the Farley brothers and even Gary Ross, who did like the first Hunger Games movie hmm. and Seabiscuit. Filmed in 2001 in Australia, uh, directed by David McNally, who uh, just came off of Coyote Ugly. They edit the film and it's not working, especially the animatronic kangaroo. Mm. 
the one thing Bruckheimer sees in his test audience scores that kids loved the kangaroo. Yeah. I don't know why there were kids in these test audience yeah. <laughs> for yeah, this, a like, PG-13. this like raunchy PG-13 mafia <laughs> yeah. movie. So then Bruckheimer sees a poster for... <gasps> oh, God, Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs. The kangaroo should talk. Oh. <laughs> Warner Brother dumps an additional $10 million into the budget. Wow. To make a full CG kangaroo for the film. That's a $10 million kangaroo? Yes. Damn. The film is recut (laughs) into a kid-friendly film, and they hold a new screening. And Bruckheimer is like, it was the biggest change in uh, test screening numbers in Warner Brothers history. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, because if you got a bunch of- It went from a one to a three. Because yeah. <laughs> like, what they did was they put a bunch of fucking 10-year-olds in a room and they're like, hey, watch this really gritty mafia thriller. And they were like, we don't like it. And then they put a funny talking kangaroo in the same room and they're like, okay, we like it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's call it a good eye. The kangaroo becomes the centerpiece of their marketing. Mm-hmm. And the film is heavily marketed on Nickelodeon, especially Nickelodeon Jr., Nick Jr. Mm -hmm. And it did okay for its first weekend because people were kind of excited to see it. However, parents were very quick to call foul as the film includes tons of sexual innuendo, a lot of violence. um, That scene of where he's like grinning and he gets hit in the face. Um, he thinks she's a mirage and he starts uh, grabbing her boobs. Mm. That's in the movie. Um, uh, the, that's Estella Warren. There's one scene of her uh, being groped and then uh, doing a wet tank top scene in a waterfall. All still in the movie. Mm. And yeah, the talking should, kangaroo. Maybe I should go see this now. <laughs> talking kangaroo. Again, dream sequence. A dream sequence. It's not even, oh. he doesn't even talk throughout the rest of it. It's oh. just that moment. Ah, oh, crikey. Sneaky <laughs> sons of bitches. I uh, love that they're like, okay, you guys, we need to um, we need to overhaul this film and make it really kid-friendly. Um, we have $10 million. We're not going to change anything else about the movie. All the sex, <laughs> all the nudity, all the groping, all the drugs, all the violence. Like, fine, whatever. Should we just take like out the- Just like talking the... kangaroo for days. Uh, should we take out the, the boob grubbing? No. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't have the money to take out the boob grab. Just do the kangaroo. <laughs> So, so should re- the kangaroo <laughs> grab boobs? Yeah, is that okay? Oh, that's more. That's yeah. that's definitely more appropriate. As long as it's yeah. a dream sequence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the film was PG thirteen when they even put the digital kangaroo in, and then uh, Brookheimer it got a PG thirteen rating, and then Brookheimer threw out even more of the movie to uh, keep it to get that PG rating. But still, so, it became so the this gro- huge. The groping was part of the PG version? Yes, but oh a bunch goodness. of people really mad about like, because yeah. the MPA is so elusive and they're just, it's just a weird yeah. cabal of people in there that nobody knows what their what their they're actual so, standard of practices are. That's the real deep state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, really. <laughs> in films, They're so absolutely. persuaded by bribes. Yeah, exactly. And so people are like- Name dropping. <laughs> so, so like, there's a, there was a big discussion about how that movie got away with a PG yeah, rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it does say parental guidance suggested. Yeah. So maybe the parent should have guided them. A have you ever sat down and tried hitting your kids? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should be exposed but, to more boobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely one of those movies that uh, has like this cult following a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, Jerry O'Connell says if someone around their twenties approaches him, they're gonna they're gonna say how much they love Kangaroo, Kangaroo Jack. Jack. 
Of course. Any kid who's like in their 20s now who watched this back in 2003, like. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. This was so the like, height of like, cinema. It's kind of like um, what we we're talking about, uh, Surviving Christmas, where we had a bunch of people say that, like, I grew up with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was fascinating. Okay. Next one. <laughs> All right. You, sir. No one's in the chair. Come on. Come on. Sweeney's waiting. I want you, bleeders. You, sir. Two, sir. Welcome to the grave. I will have vengeance. I will have salvation. I'm guaranteed the closest shave you will ever know. May the good Lord smile on you. Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, Mm -hmm. uh, widely considered one of the most misleading trailers because it is a wall-to-wall musical, and that trailer only has one moment that is a musical, and it is more of a talky version of it, right? Right. It's a very, yeah, Broadway plot song where they're they're mostly talking, but then sometimes they kind of sing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that's why you don't like this trailer slash movie because you I hate, honestly you don't hate even a mus- remember it. You hate a musical, though. And well, yeah. I remember you being like, oh, this is a musical. We so I honestly don't even remember this movie. I remember parts. Mm. I, yeah. Um, and um, I was kind of looking up and and about all these people that were kind of really mad about it. And even there was this whole article. They were interviewing all these uh, music teachers and they were like. They were confused by the trailer. They're like, "What the hell is this?" Oh, did this? they take all the music out? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, did they did they change it into a non musical? Mm. And then they they were like, and then they saw the film. And they're like, yeah, this is what the the play is, and um, and they're like, it's really misleading because there's a whole generation of people who grew up on Tim Burton films, right? Yeah, Sleepy Hollow, Beetlejuice, Batman, all of those these gothic awesome films, right? Right, mm-hmm. and and this completely just screamed. Tim Burton in every corner of that trailer, right? right. And people and they and someone someone pointed out and they're like, I find this very interesting. All these like teens are going to be going to this movie thinking they're going to see the next crazy Tim Burton movie, and then when uh, the worst pies of London come on, they're going to be like, What the fuck did we walk into? <laughs> singing? <laughs> Ugh, they're singing. I don't remember Beetlejuice ever singing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I get it because. I can see it from the from the opposite perspective, right? Where I feel like like for me, I'm not confused because I know Sweeney Todd is a musical. I'm a theater kid, like I know mm-hmm. the musicals. So like I would expect it to be a musical. So I can see it from the other side where like, it does kind of look like they cut a lot of the songs out, but then that one song moment is like, oh, okay, so they're still singing in it. They just didn't it's probably kind of hard to cut a trailer with a lot of singing, you know? Yeah. So anyway, like uh, to me, I would say not guilty just because I feel like, look, if y'all don't know Sweeney Todd's a musical by now, like get get yourselves together. Get it together. I know. Some people Clint, didn't. Get it together. <laughs> I knew it was a musical. <laughs> Shit. I knew it. I, I agree that the trailer was misleading. Like, it, well, So for, would you say guilty? I, I, I can see why people would have been angry. Mm. Um, and But I mean, maybe just from my own perspective, like, yeah, I knew it was a musical. Hmm. going into it i didn't know how to what extent yeah because you have stuff like les mis which is like one giant ass song and then you got stuff like hello dolly where they're like talking about going you know you know talking about going to (laughs) to the big city you know and then there's like a song that's you know very sexist songs but 
but then they go and <laughs> but then they, they, they talk some more, you know? Yeah. So I can understand why some people are like, well, I knew it was a musical. I didn't know it was a, that a kind big of, yeah. musical. Look, yeah. I knew yeah. it was a musical. I didn't know it was a musical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was musicals. I knew they sang. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. Our next one, a home stretch here. So you just moved to LA? No, I've been here for a while. What do you do? I drive for movies. Is that dangerous? It's only part time. You put this kid behind the wheel. There's nothing he can't do. Kid, I want you to meet Mr. Bernie Rose. My hands are a little dirty. So am I. Drive. That's a killer soundtrack. <laughs> uh, definitely, unequivocally, not an action film. I don't know. Thoughts. I mean, I feel so. I, I've seen it. I don't. I don't remember it that well. But like watching this trailer is bringing a lot back. I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. That did happen. Because I remember thinking like, God, there wasn't an awful lot of like driving in this movie. No. But <laughs> it, it's. I just. I remember it being way more about just him trying to come to terms with the violence in his past, and not and trying to become a better, less violent person for Carrie Mulligan and her son because yeah. he was like, okay, I found this new family and this happiness and like I want this I don't want this violent past that I would have been doing right yeah and then like the fact that he's a driver and has driven for obvious like been like a getaway driver yeah. and that he works as a stunt driver or whatever is kind of just like adjacent to the main <laughs> plot yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I don't know I guess I don't feel like it's that misleading yeah because I, I remember know. seeing that trailer thinking one thing watching the movie thinking another but not being mad about it yeah there's there's a very yeah. interesting like uh, the very opening scene where he does that first getaway drive yeah. like it is actually very interesting how not actiony it is it's like deliberately like he slows down he parks a lot he's just hiding he's just being incognito he's it's not metal, it's Metal Gear Solid in a car yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. he is he is not going full force somewhere and I mean, it is the opposite of what you would expect from a right. movie and I think that is actually very brilliant mm. the the one action scene, one where there's actually a uh, with uh, Christina Hendricks is in the car. Uh -huh. That sequence is like played to death in that trailer. Yeah. And that is a very short sequence. I would agree, very poorly done in the film itself because it's like one of those where like they only could drive it like 20 miles an hour. And so they just cranked up the speed yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in editing to yeah. make it look like it was really fast. He's going when it's real not. fast. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a really dumb, um, a, a really poorly directed action sequence. But that's what something that they really play up in that trailer. Mm. Then the second half is kind of like all slow and methodical and very poetic, I guess you could say, which yeah. is the movie. Right. So I don't know if this is misleading either. Yeah. But in October of 2011, a Michigan woman sued the film's distributor because the trailer was misleading. Huh. Um, at the time, this became like this big story everywhere, becoming the the poster child of misleading trailers hmm. and about like that she was thinking it was going to be a Fast and the Furious type and it wasn't that at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because we've had Fast and Furious, we have Gone in sixty seconds, we have yeah. all these fast yeah. car driving yeah. Yeah. movies, and that doesn't that shouldn't even be in that same category, right? Um, but one thing that the original suit that many ignored was that she was also accusing the film of quote promoting criminal violence against members of the Jewish faith. Hmm. In March of two thousand twelve, the judge tossed out the case, saying it hmm. it wasn't misleading. Then she appealed. And accused the judge being anti-Semitic himself. This was also thrown out. 
in June of 2017, her lawyer filed a new suit making the same accusations, but went beyond the film company. In his suit, he accuses anti-Semitism against director Nicholas Renf, R-E-F-N, Albert Brooks, Sony Pictures, Netflix, Amazon.com, Apple, Google, and AMC theaters. Wow. Accusing all of them of being uh, anti-Semitic. Anti- I mean, anti-Semitic. isn't Albert Brooks Jewish? Yes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> um, well, that's... It just feels kind of like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, this is the last I could find. Uh, he he lost that suit and appealed in 2018. That's the last I know about it. But <laughs> see, this is the, like... this is the thing. Like that just feels like such a frivolous lawsuit. It feels so unfounded, and it's just it's like shit like that that's just clogging up like court systems and like costing yeah. people time and money. Where yeah. someone's kind of going off of like a conspiracy. Theory. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then so that's what's so scary about the the new lawsuit with the trailer for yesterday is that that's now established precedent. Yes. Yeah. And you so can do there that. can be more there. There could be potentially more lawsuits now where people will point to that and be like, well, in this case of so and so v so and so, like it was judged that, yes, this was actually um, you know, false marketing and blah, blah, blah. And like you can now point to that as a as precedent. Yeah. Anyway. So Slippery I don't slope. I don't think I don't think that it, that that trailer is it's light, not guilty. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think it, it does play up some of the action stuff when it shouldn't. It's it's guilty of but, some charges. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But not all charges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three of the 12 counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I mean, listen, I've seen Fast and the Furious trailers and I would not assume that that movie is a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ba- yeah. Based off of the trailer alone, like yeah. it just looks like a gritty thriller. Right. Yeah. It looks like which, a gritty which, crime thriller. Which yep. it kind of is, but it's also not. It's also about a guy who's a sociopath who's kind of grappling with being a sociopath. Yeah. yeah. And he's <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to find a different path in life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to our main event. Oh. oh this winter, when you go looking for adventure, be prepared to find more than you ever imagined. to Terabithia. <laughs> Holy shit. That I... is... Bridge to Terabithia. Bridge to Terabithia. That is not the movie. At, not At even close. All. Not even close. That makes it look like... I'm... Okay. So <laughs> I've never seen this movie. I have read the book. And so... You were you kept kind of doing this like sneaky thing of like we got to watch Bridge to Terabithia and like I'm not going to tell you why. And we started watching it and I was like, oh, wait, I remember now from watching this from reading this book as a kid. Something really horrible happens. Something really <laughs> sad happens. I like sorry. Spoilers, everybody, if you haven't seen this or read this book, but it's old. So I don't care that much. I was like, she dies. The girl dies and it's like really sad. And I don't remember how or like what happens, but like it's really sad. And you were like, ah, damn it, because I think you wanted that to be like a surprise. But I was like, no, I've read this book. This is like a beloved children's book. It was all over the place when I was in elementary school. Like that shouldn't be a surprise to people. It seems like it was a surprise to you. I I hate you for making me watch this movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hate like, you so much. <laughs> like this, the sadness of this movie should not be a surprise. However, if you hadn't read the book and you saw that trailer and you were expecting the fucking Chronicles of Narnia and then you went to this movie and bawled your eyes out, like I would be absolutely pissed. Like if I was expecting like fun kid adventure and got like sad child death. Yeah. So, so you, so you strictly forbade me from watching the trailer. <laughs> Which is what I typically will do some most of the times when you give me homework. And if I haven't seen the movie, I will watch the trailer first and then watch the movie. But you said, do not watch the trailer. I said, okay, cool. So Lisa and I are watching it. And I remember she, because she knew the story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's, she she, read the book. She, I think she read the book. Yeah. yeah. And so we're watching, we're watching it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, son, there's something. It's like, there's, there's a reason why Ian doesn't want me to watch the trailer. And then I thought to myself, someone dies. And I look at Lisa's like, someone dies, don't they? The kid, like the, 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 the boy, the girl, like their dog, like someone, someone dies, huh? And she just, she just like looks at me and doesn't say anything. I'm like fucking shit. <laughs> and then the way that it happens, it, it's a hit. It's a hit in the face. Oh, it, I knew she died. I am I in sw- tears, yeah. man. I am, I'm, I'm watching this movie yesterday. I'm just like, no, she's dead. Like, I was like, this sucks so much. Like, this movie is, what is this movie? Why did he make me watch this? Like I was like genuinely like, like, yeah. Super sad tears. It's it's so fucking sad. Because it is so sad. The way that they set it up, they keep hinting at it and they keep showing you these little these little things like the rope swing and then it's raining a lot and then the water in the river goes up and then yeah. he wants the all the attention from the teacher on him. And so it's like the only thing that he doesn't like including her in and and I knew it was coming and it, I still bawled like a baby and it felt yeah. like a big punch to the gut when it happened. Yeah. So that and, and all the stuff that they showed in the trailer that's like all fantasy stuff is like 10 minutes, 10 oh. minutes of it. Yeah. Ha- most of it, most of the big fantasy scenes in the trailer are at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And the, all of the little things are very, very small and short because it does a really good job of actually making the film be very, very much based in reality right where it's where it, it's it's this harsh reality that these two sad lonely kids are dealing in, with a, dealing, dealing with, with abuse, abuse dealing with poverty uh, like dealing with all these like really intense like bullying, themes, yeah. bullying yeah. yeah right so like these kids are dealing with all this horrible shit and then they go like make this little make-believe land in the middle of the woods and like those those tiny little like cg moments of fantasy are like just so short yeah. Which is how it really is when you're a kid, because when you're making stuff up in your head, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I remember seeing this trailer <laughs> in theaters, <laughs> and I it was 2007. So this was at the at, after all of Lord of the Rings um, and the Harry Potter started up, mm. right? And everybody was just trying to get in on the YA novels, right? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, or, yeah. or these, these fantasy books and the right. Chronicles of Narnia, um, Hunger Games, all all of them, right? Um, and I remember being at the height of it and this in this trailer started and I was sitting there like, this looks terrible because I was sitting there like, it looks like they shot all of this in one day. Mm. It looks like it's all in the same place that's like, oh, it's a fantasy land, but it just looks like some backwater woods. And and then like they're just wearing regular clothes and and they're just fighting creatures all standing in the same spot mm-hmm. and and I remember thinking this looks like the cheapest version of all these things that are coming yeah and 
it's not that at all. Mm-mm. The reason why is because those are just, they're in that same place yeah. right next to their little tree house. Yeah. And they have those fantasy moments every once in a while. Yeah. So it is in the same place. And and it is a and, very repetitive movie in the sense that it is about just their lives, their day-to-day lives, where they wake up, they go to school, they get, there's so many scenes of them just on the bus, like at the school, like hanging out. Yeah. Like yeah. it's very... Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's not it's not the trailer. Yeah, no, it's no, it's like, like you know, I mean, even in an adventure movie, it, yeah. you would see them traveling in some form mm-hmm. or whatever, and it was just like, no, they're all standing in the same spot over and over. Same again. trees, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I remember thinking this movie looked terrible. It looked terrible because they were trying to sell you that it was a fantasy book and it's not. A fantasy world. A fantasy world yeah. and it's yeah. not. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, like, it's not the best fantasy effects. Like, the creatures aren't, like, they're, yeah, it's they're not that interesting. Pretty dated looking. Yeah, now. yeah, especially when you consider it was it was being made around the same time as Harry Potter's. Like, that's. Yeah. Five years after Lord of the Rings. By yeah. the same company, There's too. no... Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. You have no right to to have that bad of effects after, five years after yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Sorry. Well, but it kind of makes sense now, right? Right. So, okay. Based on the 1977 novel yeah. of the same name, written by Catherine Patterson, about a real-life experience of her son, David, and his best friend, Lisa... Aww. who was tragically struck by lightning and died at the age of eight. Are you kidding me? Struck by lightning? Yeah. 30 years later, her son, now playwright David L. Patterson, asks his mom if he can adapt it into a movie. And she says yes, after he's kind of proven himself that he can be a good writer. Um, and so he he brings it to the studio. Uh, they say yes, because it's this big beloved no- novel. The film is the live action debut of of Gabor Chupu. Does that ring a bell? Spelled C-S-U-P-O. No, not even a little bit. Co-creator of Rugrats, The Wild Thornberries, and Ah Real Monsters, among so many others. Okay, 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 okay. Um, His company, Klasky Chupo, uh, was the studio behind the original Simpsons shorts and the first three seasons, actually. Okay. Oh, so he's one of those three animators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, yeah hand, right? his hand is all withered and cramped. So this was his first uh, live-action film, and both him and Patterson disown this trailer. We don't really think that it's an appropriate way of selling the movie, but they're convinced that that's the way to get kids interested, and hopefully they will be positively surprised. <laughs> Positively surprised? <laughs> no, they're going to be negatively traumatized. I'm a 37 year old man, opposite. and I was bawling my fucking eyes out. I was bawling kids my gonna, eyes kids out. Kids are going to like kill each other because of how sad they are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then uh, he continues. If they are anticipating a Harry Potter movie, then we are in trouble. It is not a Harry Potter kind of movie. No, yeah. Because as much as as much as J.K. Rowling wanted to make the character of Harry sad that like he's an orphan and has no parents, like ultimately. Harry's got a pretty magical fucking life. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, things yeah. turn out just fine for Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this movie is traumatizing. This was the last film by cinematographer Michael Chapman before he retired. He did Taxi Driver, wow. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, <gasps> the 70s version, Raging Bull, wow. Ghostbusters 2, okay. The Fugitive, <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> Oh, my God. This ups Uh, and downs, highs and lows. He said he wanted his last film to be a good one. 
Ah. So he retired nice. after making this. Okay. So at least he thinks it was good. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. The trailer was misleading. Yeah. The, oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst no. of the worst of everything that we oh, watched. This, yeah, that trailer is guilty as hell. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you need to feel bad about life and have a nice cry, definitely watch Bridge to Terabithia because it's sad, but it's yeah. good. It is a good movie. It's good, sad. Uh, despite you know, that, the you know more... that feeling your eyes have after you have a good cry and they're like just that your eyes just feel like rejuvenated in a way like <laughs> yeah. I felt that all day yesterday and I was like yeah. this like oh, I need was, to do this more often I was like that was a really good cry <laughs> that was a good cry <laughs> uh, despite the marketing the film was actually a big success uh, oh, making 130 million worldwide off a budget of around 20 million yeah and it so got it was... Josh, Josh uh, Hutcherson old out there pita bread oh Clint's Closet. Oh, yeah. Y'all ready for this? this? Oh, yeah. Perfect segue. This is the only thing that I could find <laughs> on my Ask Me About My Podcast shirt. But this is my, my Mockingjay pin <laughs> that I got. <laughs> Mockingjay pin. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. Very so nice. cute. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wore this shirt specifically today for you guys. Oh, all right. <laughs> Ask Me About My Podcast. Uh, okay. Thoughts on all these trailers? I, I, I'm thinking about trailers and like how hard of a job that's got to be. Mm-hmm. Like you have to take this movie where a lot of the studios are like, okay, here's this really great movie we're really excited about. You cannot show them anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so I got to take interesting pieces of this film and cut a trailer together without giving away stuff when the most interesting stuff is the stuff that I want to give away or, that, or yeah. the most, yeah, or the stuff that I can't give away is the most interesting stuff. I, I can see where some people are like, well, that was misleading and false advertising. And I want my, and I want, I can, I can understand how some people would want to take legal action against a studio. But at the same time, art is subjective, right? But movies is a, an art business. You mm-hmm. know, and people are making money. And it's executives who are making these financial decisions, not the creatives for the, for the, for the most part, right? So <laughs> to see something that's just so misleading, you're just like, what the? F- Who's, whose idea was who this? Was think, yeah, yeah. Who, who was thinking that? Uh, yeah, honestly, it's all in the marketing because if you can get butts and seats based on a trailer for the first couple weekends or whatever, especially back before the internet, right? Like mm-hmm. when people wouldn't, it wasn't widely known if a movie was bad, right? If you could just sort of like sell it in the right way, then like you would make all your money before people found out that A, it was bad or B, it wasn't what they expected or whatever. Nowadays, you can't really get away with that shit because like something comes out and the second it comes out, everybody on the internet will tell you exactly what you need to know about the movie. You almost don't even need trailers anymore. Yeah, They still make them so people can kind of get hyped and do the whole thing they do where they like sit there and break down the trailer and have videos on YouTube about all the Easter eggs they found in the trailer and everything. But like, like I don't even watch them. Like I can't even remember the last time like I watched a trailer and was just like, "Holy shit, I'm stoked for that movie." It was probably <laughs> Mad Max: Fury Road because that trailer is a masterpiece. Fight me about it if you disagree. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, well, and like trailers have changed so much over time too because now they're very, they are these kind of almost like short films. But back yeah. then they were more like commercials where you had right. trailer vo- voice guy being like, "Come Let to me a- lay out the whole plot. yeah yeah where he's like, "Come to a world where imagination r- runs free," and then it yeah. would just be like a couple of shots, and there'd be a title treatment, you know. And now it's like you have to, you're almost making a short film that has a beginning and a middle and an end in and of itself. Like I can remember the last trailer that I saw that I was, that got me excited for a movie. And then I saw that it was by Michael Bay and I'm like, yeah, okay, I won't ah, see that. It was yeah. that ambulance. ambulance. Yeah. I've heard that's actually a lot. That's of, what I heard really it too. Good. I heard it was really good. And I, and I, I, I love me some Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's great. Yeah. Uh, and 
when I saw that, I was like, and just the movie is just called Ambulance with L.A. like highlighted because it takes place in L.A., right? Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. Okay. Plain. Yeah. Also in L.A. Fucking plain. No. This, this movie is very plain. No. Mm-mm. What a dumbass name for. Well, that's because they took it's all the good Latin ones. America. Remember we talked about that? They took all the good ones. It came from another world. Yeah. Fight yeah. or flight. It was Fuck. right there. That is awesome. <laughs> That's way better. That's way better. <laughs> Call up those marketing bros at whatever studio. Um, okay, get so Gerard you, Butler on the phone. So you said the la- So you said the last time you saw a movie that got or a trailer that got you excited about the movie was Ambulance. Yes, which I still haven't seen the movie. Which what year was that? Just last year, twenty twenty two. Mine was Mad Max Fury Road, which <laughs> was a hundred years ago. <laughs> Although I can remember the first trailer that I saw, the f- very first that got me excited for a movie. And that was Batman Returns. I remember oh. I was seven years old. That trailer Whoa. came out where it's just like all dark and like the yeah. the, like the spotlights all go up into Bruce Wayne's manner. I'm like, I was like oh, Batman Returns. And then in hindsight, I'm thinking, Bruce, what the fuck are you thinking? You want to keep your secret identity a secret? Yeah, Don't have we, bat we spotlights yeah. coming all up into your house. Yeah. When yeah. you have guests over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, To bring this full circle, I would say my favorite trailer moment of all time is... Uh, Jurassic Park and they never really show the dinosaurs in it and the only like the big moment in the trailer is the T-Rex T-Rex the f- footprint going in into the, the mud, mud. yeah uh, and you were just like I want to see that yep movie. yep you're like dinosaurs what was the last trailer that you saw that got you excited about the movie oh I get I get excited about all that shit all the <gasps> no. time Marvel Marvel's yeah. really good at trailers yeah they are actually no, I, I think, I think and they're really good at like um uh lying to you what about the what the film is going to be about mm. because i remember we went to see i remember what movie we were in and the end game trailer was playing and we closed our ears and we were like ah, we didn't want to listen to it and then i watched the end game trailer uh after seeing the film that trailer does not give you anything oh, at yeah. all it's just clips from the previous movies <laughs> it yeah. is completely no footage from end game yeah. yeah and it is it is actually just kind of crazy how they were able to just go Fuck you! You'll see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I take that back. The last trailer that I saw that got me excited for a movie is because I didn't know this movie was coming out. Is Scream Six? Uh, dun, 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 dun. I'm so excited for Scream yeah. Six. Okay, uh, January. Do you want to do some follow-ups? Yeah. So we have some follow-up from Instagram um, from the Surviving Christmas episode. A few people reached out to say that Surviving Christmas was their favorite childhood Christmas movie. So um, this person, um, Bjarki, said, I could not help but reach out. I discovered your pod after devouring your YouTube channel, and it has been an absolute blast. Your latest episode on Surviving Christmas had me chuckling a dreary day at work to smithereens. If I were a betting man, I'd wager that I am your biggest Icelandic fan. Ooh. So Iceland. All the way from sunny Iceland. I don't know <laughs> if it's sunny there. Um, okay, so this person, Hunter Bolton, said, I feel like Clint and I should be friends. I hmm. ran around with a Batman t-shirt under my actual clothes <laughs> just in case. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> So, you know. Uh, <laughs> nerds. Um, and would, you, would you and I have been friends in high school? You Probably. Could, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right. And then lastly, about surviving Christmas, uh, we heard from Dallin, friend of the pod, Dallin, who said, excellent newest episode. I had a commercial shot in my childhood bedroom. And yeah, we had to do so much remodeling afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. So he knows all about those, uh, the pain of that. Uh. Don't um, let film studios into your house. <laughs> don't do it. So then we have a bunch of random follow-up from fans on YouTube. 
Mark Daniel said, executives know the price of everything and the value of nothing, which is so apt. (laughs) Put that on a (laughs) T-shirt. So then Wednesday reached out to us and said, this show has really helped me smile during a dark time, which is very nice to hear. We're glad. Um, And then she also put this weird hashtag at the end. It says, um, hashtag Clint is irreplaceable. I don't don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I am here to stay. You're apparently irreplaceable. I really, truly am. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Who else can get you a closet full of just random collectible shit? That's true. That's true. What are you going to get, Reminder? Fuck that guy. Um, All right. So then we heard from Stephen Schull, who said, once again, y'all never cease to amaze me. This was probably the most interesting and funniest one yet. Coked out trailer bros. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, oh, I put that one on there because me and January finished it at the edit and we were like, this is an okay episode. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, it's fine. fine. But we got a lot of people really liked it. So so great. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. Bob said, uh, Ray is the best piece. Sorry, had to throw a little shade into the mix. Best of luck. Can't wait to see who Clint's replacement is after all this (laughs) buildup. Just playing. Love Clint and his closet too. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Maybe we'll replace you with your closet. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> this comes at a price. <laughs> Just to wrap up the follow-up here, a couple reviews. Um, if you like this podcast, even if you listen on YouTube, if you could go head on over to Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a review, we will read it on a future episode. We're going to try to um, start reading these more because we, we've gotten a few really nice ones lately. So, mm-hmm. And we this, didn't realize that you could. You could we can't see... You, reviews from other countries yeah and so we finally figured out a way to see reviews from other countries so thank you all of the be- <laughs> all the people not in the u.s who the icelandic this show. fans yeah we, we see you now wasn't there one from like Iceland. indonesia or something like that like hong kong yeah, yeah hong kong that's yeah, yeah, rad yeah, yeah my voice has been heard in hong kong yeah there you go <laughs> so this person definitely said, one of the podcasts listening over there yeah <laughs> one of the podcasters of all time in hong kong <laughs> uh, so this is from podcasts are cool um, they say, really enjoying binging through all these episodes. The hosts have amazing chemistry and have me cracking up aloud all the time. Shut up, Clint. <laughs> that's my, yeah, that's, that's my podcaster. Cool. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kate S. says, as a film buff, I really enjoy this podcast. The hosts are funny and the research is well done. As a previous longtime Utah resident, I love the local references that keep popping up. Someone, someone thought Good. we were Canadian. Really? Oh. Yeah, someone put, put a thing and was like, I can't. Like, hey, Canucks. Like, yeah, and I was like, I don't know why they thought oh, we were interesting. Canadian. Was, I, did they have I, training? Because we multiple times we go, oh, the Canadian. Oh, yeah. Canadians. Yeah. Did they have training tables in, in, uh, in Canada? Maybe. Maybe? With like, but they give you poutine instead, instead of, of cheese fries. Cheese fries? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I hope that one Dude, Utah, I, that, that one listener who's from Utah gets that training. They, she will. Kate okay. will get, get and appreciate that. Fry so sauce. Party Rocker 111 said, Clint, and then on a serious note, came here from the YouTube deep dives and have been listening daily to the show. Incredible insights and entertaining. Yeah. The title of the review, review is Clint. 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 <laughs> and then on a serious <laughs> note, he goes into something else. <laughs> Super, but on a more serious note. Super, super helpful for someone looking at reviews. Yeah. Clint. Clint. 
yeah, this and this is the one from Hong Kong. So this person said a goofy look at crazy productions. I recently started listening to the podcast. and It's been a great listen. I like the depth of the information and the way in which it's cut with the comedy makes for an easy and enjoyable listen. I really like the casual banter. And Clint is my absolute favorite. Well worth a listen. So if you want to keep the Hong Kong listener, you cannot replace me. (laughs) That's true. Thank you so Um, much. (laughs) You don't can't love something until you let it go. (laughs) You really love something. Let it go. You got to fire him. (laughs) But here's um, so I pulled this one to read because Ian would never read read any reviews like this because he's too humble. Unlike Clint. The fuck he is. I I wear my arrogance with pride. Also, I need it to be known that this person's handle is PC porn. Yeah. So PC porn from Australia says praising Ian. Yeah. And they say, I rate you five for the amount of research and work you clearly put into this. I reviewed previously and mentioned the cast of the show, but left out the one true king. Ian. Thank you. In my humble opinion, my views align with yours and you give me fresh perspective in some (laughs) scenarios. You've surrounded yourself with strong people and I wish I knew y'all in real life. That's it. I wish you all the success you deserve. Oh, thanks, PC porn. Thanks, man. I'm not going to call you that in real life, though. If we ever meet in person, (laughs) I'm not going to refer to you as PC porn. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, my name's Steve. Just porn. Just porn, yeah. Um, yeah. I I really want to know what his thoughts were on the uh, trailer for Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) Ooh, yeah, hit us up if you're listening. We want to know your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, so there's just some follow-up, some reviews. Again, if you listen to us and you like the podcast, head on over to your wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review and we'll read it. Thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you. Love I am here everybody. to stay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. It Was a Shit Show is researched and produced by me, Ian Gench. Sound editing and mix by Ray Reynolds. Our theme music is by Ryan K. Hudson. Wardrobe provided by Clint's Closet. If you're enjoying the show, you can support us on Patreon or help spread the word by leaving a review and forcing your friends and family to listen. And if you have a shit show suggestion, find us on social media at It Was a Shit Show, but shit without the eye. You can also find all these episodes on our YouTube channel. 